0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Trawler Talk, podcast of the podcast Passage Maker Magazine, the long-range cruising authority. I'm your host, Jeff Moser. On this episode of Trawler Talk, we sit down with Jim Leishman, co-founder and current owner and vice president of Nordhaven Yachts, among the most esteemed brands in the recreational trawler market. Leishman founded Nordhaven nearly half a century back with Dan Streich and first built Salvos, before him and his brother Jeff, who is currently Nordhavn's co-owner and chief designer, discovered Robert Beebe's Voyaging Under Power. That book detailed cruising long distances in a properly designed, full displacement powerboat, and they saw an opportunity. The rest, as they say, is history, as Nordhaven has gone on to build a line of robust vessels from 35 to 120 feet. We caught Leishman on the hook in the Abacos Islands in the middle of a six-week cruise on board Hull number 10 of the builder's N41, which debuted late last year. Fishman talks about the success of the new vessel, what's next from its Turkish yard, building fast trawlers while still staying firmly in its full displacement lane, and introducing new technology to the Venerable Builder's model line. Hope you enjoy it. Jim, can you believe you've been doing this for a half a century? It's hard to believe,
1: yeah. uh, I basically got out of high school and immediately went into the boat business, and uh, we started in really 1974, then officially incorporated our company as Pacific Asian Enterprises in 1978. So uh, yeah, it's been a long time.
0: Yeah. I'm going to ask you to fast forward a a bit to tell me currently where are you at and what model are you on?
1: Well, we have a a new project. Uh, It's a 41 footer um, that we're actually building in uh, Istanbul, Turkey. And we have a a 51 footer that is in the uh, early stages. Hole number two is out of the mold. Uh, but the 41 is the boat that I'm on board. I'm on the 10th uh, uh, hull number, and uh, it's uh, a boat that um, we developed uh, kind of to follow in the footsteps of our original Nordhaven 40, which was a, a really popular boat that set records, including the fastest circumnavigation for a production powerboat, um, which we did in 2001 and
0: 2002. Great. Uh, and where are you located right now?
1: I'm on uh, Great Abaco Island at a place called Little Harbor, kind of down at the southern third of the island. And it's, a, it's probably most people know about this. It's Pete's Pub. It's a real famous destination
2: mm-hmm.
1: in the Abacos. And we're in a beautiful little harbor and on a mooring. And i got to be here for the next two or three days. But we've been down since uh, the 15th of uh, June. In, um, wait, wait, 15th of May. And we're going to be going home uh, around the 1st of, uh, of July, so it'll be a, a six-week trip on board the boat. It's been great to you know, kind of live and breathe this boat, cruise the area, and uh, we've, we're really enjoying it.
0: That's great. Um, well, we, my, our readers and listeners know a lot about the 41. It really, it, When it splashed, it made a big, big impact, and we had a lot of hits on that online and on our Instagram and our social channels. Can you tell me a little bit about the thinking behind that boat in the design phase and then maybe how it differs from other Nordhaben models that you're currently building?
1: Well, the project actually started off as a smaller boat about 35 feet, and it was going to be a, a new project to kind of uh, establish ourselves there in Istanbul with our, our new partner builder there. And uh, when we got deep into the design process, we, we couldn't, achieve uh, a goal of ours, which was a, a CE category A, It's the highest level of certification for a, uh, you know, for a, a pleasure yacht. And uh, in, in order to get what we wanted, really had to stretch out the waterline make some changes uh, and it ended up being 41 feet. Um, and it is a category A uh, certified, certified yacht. Um, it's uh, the first boat really that we used uh, a thing. It's, it's almost a virtual test tank. Uh, uh, process is called uh, computational fluid dynamics, and mm-hmm. we actually subcontracted that work out. We're doing it in house now, but we subcontracted it out to a company in uh, Holland called Vipass, and they ran all the whole lines and threw a. It's basically like doing an infinite number of uh, test tank runs, but you can you can see where the high pressure points are and areas that could be improved in the uh, computer process, and allowed us to really fine tune this whole uh, to get the efficiency we wanted. And we, we this is a is a bit different than uh, earlier smaller Nordhobins in that this is a twin engine boat by design. It's only available in a twin. And we were able to achieve uh, the efficiency that we needed to you know allow the boat to range to cross the Pacific and the Atlantic Oceans um, with the twin uh and it, that computational fluid dynamics is really helpful we had to do a lot of work on the propellers to make sure they were as efficient as possible we have big reduction gears four to one reduction gears on both engines but the beauty is uh, it'll get you wherever you need to go it has the range and it's uh, quite fast for local coastal cruising if you don't mind burning a little more fuel and of course if you ever were to lose an engine you can proceed almost to your normal cruising speed uh, on the remaining engine so it's a uh, it's, uh, you, know, you have good propeller, propeller protection. It's got a good deep keel that protects the uh, the propellers and the stabilizing uh, gear. And uh, it's just a terrific sea boat, very long waterline, real nice pitch motion. And it has been super popular. It's unprecedented how popular this boat has been with you know a, a big backlog of orders, pretty much only it limited really by the long wait time. So we, we can't uh, predict what our costs are going to be when you get out three years, and that's pretty much where we're at uh, at the tail end of our, uh, our wait list to, you know, for people to buy the boat, but it's been terrific. And we're, we're doing the same um, process, uh, same hull form and concept in our new 51 footer. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, that boat, um, we have the second boat out of the mold and we'll have the first boat completing a uh, little, little after the end of this year.
0: Exciting. And the built-in redundancy with that twin engines got to definitely be a Interesting buying point for people.
1: Well, it is. You know, things have changed a lot o- over the years. One of the things that we deal with is uh, you know, engine supplies and the the uh, real strict um, uh, emissions requirements that are now imposed on engines kind of dictates that all, all the engines that they tend to be higher speed, lower, uh, uh, smaller displacement engines, not exactly what we we're looking for in a long-range cruising boat, but they, uh, they're all electronic-controlled or you know, high-pressure common rail or unit-injected engines. And uh, the, the problem, like with our earlier boats, and still build a lot of boats with dry exhaust, is that with a uh, an after-cooled engine, the uh, the compressed air cooling, the aftercooler cooler uh, requires a huge amount of heat transfer, and, and it actually requires a secondary keel cooler that's bigger than the primary keel cooler that uh, that cools the you know the water jacket for the engine mm. so it's getting to the point where I can see you know shortly we just won't be able to do dry exhaust keel cool boats um, it's just a fact of what we're dealing with but on, on this boat it's kind of neat in that because of the low horsepower they're only 85 horsepower per side mm-hmm. and they uh, we can still get a mechanical injected engine so it's there's no electronics on it's the pure old- style mechanical injected it meets the uh, emission requirements. So, it's a, it's, a, it's a real straightforward, simple, kind of heavy duty industrial engine. It's actually a Kubota Japanese industrial engine, mm-hmm. which we've used a lot of on larger generator sets. It's just a, a beautiful engine, simple, long life, and uh, very, very efficient.
0: Keep it simple, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you said you mentioned the 51 is uh, coming along well, and that's another boat that's going to be built in Turkey. Um, how did that choice come along uh, to? you know, they build the boats out of Taiwan and build them in Turkey. And uh, tell me on the second part of this, with all the cruising you've done on the 41, what's impressed you and perhaps what features you might want to add on subsequent models of the 41 and maybe even the 51?
1: Well, the 41 is a, a boat that is, is totally turnkey. We included, you know, everything we thought people would want and need on, uh, on their boat. So the boat is standard with a real nice, uh, Wobasta air conditioning system. It has a separate Wobasta diesel heating system that's totally redundant, separate from the uh, air conditioning. It has a uh, generator standard. Uh, it comes with a nice suite of Garmin electronics, pretty much everything you need. It's got a nice david on it. It's got fire suppression systems in the engine room and the lazarette. It comes with a washer and dryer and just a, you know, a life raft. It's really, the only thing that, that, that uh, is not included in the boat uh, would be a, um, a dinging, a tender, people choose their own tender. And then we're, we're plumbed and set up for a water maker. but, uh, we let people, uh, you know, we'll add the water maker after the fact, but pretty much everything else right down to the dishes and silverware and, uh, the, you know, all of the, uh, uh, bed coverings and pillows and
0: stabilizers as well, right?
1: Everything. Yeah. Stabilizers, the ABT, beautiful hydraulic stabilizers yeah. standard on the boat. So it's, um, it's totally equipped, ready to go. In fact, this, the only thing this boat has on it that I'm on right now that was not standard would be the watermaker and the dinghy. Everything else is just totally a standard boat.
0: Great. And now, uh, I think it's a choice of one or two staterooms, but um, to get back to uh, what I was asking about the 51, which is coming along, have you learned anything cruising this last several weeks in the 41 that might inform what you're going to do on the 51 that's also built in Turkey?
1: I would say not directly. I mean, we um, you find out little things if you're living on a boat for six weeks and using it day in and day out. We've always used our own boat, uh, and that's helped with the kind of development of them. But there's just, just little things, you know, like uh, we didn't have uh, an air conditioning duct in the head, which, you know, I'm going to put one in now. It's standard. We should have one. Um, just Little things, uh you know extra AC outlets that would be helpful in the galley and other places on the boat. Things you wouldn't really notice if you're just, you know, looking at the boat. But if you start living on it and using it the way the customer uses it, you start to see things and uh and that yeah, that helps with the development process of the boat. Like I said, we've always done that. My brother Jeff, our designer, mm-hmm. will be when I get back to uh Palm Beach. He'll be on the boat. He wants to run it up the intercoastal. So he's going to take it up to Annapolis and uh, we're going to display this boat at the uh, Newport, Rhode Island show and then down at Annapolis and then finish off uh, at uh, uh, Fort Lauderdale. And at that point we'll put the boat on a ship and ship it to Victoria and we'll use it next summer up in uh, uh, Southeast
0: Alaska. Sounds exciting. Like a great plan. Uh, The 51 that we had mentioned earlier, um, is that going to be a twin engine boat as well?
1: It is. It's a twin engine. It has the 4.5 liter John Deere's, um, and, and they are uh, unit injected or high pressure common rail. I can't remember which, but you know it's a real sophisticated electronic engine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, the the engines we're using in the 41, the Betas, they're, they're it's a it's a, uh, Kubota engine that's marinized by a British company called Beta, and we can't really get anything more than 85 horsepower from them so we're going back to our engines we've used the most of and all our models would be the john deere and this is a, a four-cylinder you know beautiful uh, heavy-duty industrial engine and they're i think our are rating on them we're getting them at about 180 horsepower apiece so it'll have plenty of power to push along at you know at uh, fairly good cruising speed yet have the efficiency to consider get across an ocean which what that really means is you have got to be able to get from hawaii to california you know, California, Hawaii—that's 2,500 miles. You really need a 28, 2900-mile range to call the boat a, a real ocean crosser. So the Atlantic is easier; you get 1,800 miles between Bermuda and the Azores. But the Pacific legs are far longer.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that boat—when do you expect it to debut? Well, the, set, the
1: second boat is out of the mold. We're actually just in the final stages of finishing the uh, the deck mold, mm-hmm. so we'll start laying up decks and the first boat I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that it's going to be, um, after the first of the year, February or March, uh, we'll have the first boat then.
0: Great. Great. And, um, now, is any other boats going to be built in Turkey or just the 41 and the 51? Well,
1: it just stayed the 41 and the 51. And of course we still are going at full production in our yard. Uh, we have a, uh, a yard in, uh, uh kainan taiwan which we that's the dashing yard which we've been partners with them since the late 70s started building sailboats there
2: mm. uh,
1: the mason brand sailboats at the dashing yard first one was finished in 1979 so we've had un- uninterrupted production with them they, they you know build exclusively for pa They only build nordhovens and they're building uh our 68 our 76 and uh we have a brand new model 71 footer which um is first boats out of the mold, and that's coming along very nicely. And then we're still building our motor sailor there, which we have, uh, I think we have one or two orders on the motor sailor. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, uh, another yard, which is in Shaman, China, and that's kind of the big yard. They, they built our 120, are building all our 96s, and they have built uh, the 80s. And, you know, that's, a, that's a, a big portion of our production comes out of that yard. Although the owner of that yard, the guy's name is Wan Shu. He uh, has purchased and is completed, and is in operation now with a new yard in uh, in Gaosheng, which is in the southern part of Taiwan, fairly close to Kaohsiung. So we've just moved uh, our eighty tooling to that new yard, new facility, mm-hmm. and then we have a new model they're building, which is called we call it sixty-five, which is a boat very similar to our uh, our Nürhüse sixty, which has been super popular. It's just got uh, new tooling and some new design features in it. So. Uh, we're still, uh, you know, building at full production capacity in uh, the two yards in Taiwan plus the yard in Shaman and the, uh, the yard in Turkey was to build the smaller boats, kind of test the waters. And It's turned out so good that, you know, the 51 is in production and uh, undoubtedly there'll be more projects come on down the line from, from that
0: yard. Yeah, judging on what we saw on the 41 and what we're going to see on the 51, I would think that it's going to be an easy choice to make to continue to build in Turkey
1: well it's very very pleasant you know turkey has a, a a lot of people a lot of people in the yard uh, are have a boating background commercial they understand boats they know how to run boats and uh, there's it, it, we've been really really pleased with the uh, attention to detail and the you know the, the integrity of the people out there and uh, the whole the whole thing has just been a been a real real plus for us we really are, are having a good time and we're looking uh, to do some larger boats out there too the, the 41 and the 51 are uh, boats that as i mentioned are, are extremely well equipped everything that we think a person should have on the boat is really included and it's a boat that's not subject to changes we, we had to build this boat as a as a production boat and not allow people to come in and change the interior the interior is actually built on uh it's it, it built kind of in components on everything uh, uh, is cut on a you know, milling machine and mm-hmm. the, the interiors are kind of assembled off-site and into the factory and set into the boat. So it's a much more modern production technique, but it, it allows for real consistent quality and it allows for uh, real good production efficiency. And uh, it, one of the keys to success with this boat is that we've offered it at very, very attractive pricing Um, Right now, um, the boat is priced out at $899,000. Now, that is at the factory, so there's going to be a shipping charge uh, for the East Coast that runs between $25,000 and $40,000, depending Mm -hmm. on, you know, what shipper you can connect with. But that's that's, uh, a really good price for the boat with all the equipment that's standard on it, and uh, I think it has contributed to success. But it was only possible if we employed these production techniques to try to keep the cost down. If you go buy a a Nordhavn 60 from us built in the uh, plant in Shaman, you can dictate the interior, uh, we'll we'll modify the interior for you, change the layout, and you can have it with a, you know, a mahogany interior, a teak interior, a cherry interior, but that that all comes at a a price. It's expensive to do that custom work on the boats.
0: Yeah, the more semi the semi custom route from the boats built in Asia are definitely more expensive. But I did remember that you can also take delivery of the forty one in the Med. Is that still something you offer?
1: You can, and a lot of people are doing it, and it's um, some incredible opportunities there. The the, uh, the factory is located in Istanbul, and it basically is a, you know is a you know a, a couple hour run to get up into the Black Sea. And then going into the Black Sea, it's only 80, 90 miles up to the entrance of the Danube River. You can enter the Danube River and cross all of Europe. It transitions up over a uh, continental divide, goes up twelve hundred feet through a lock system, oh, wow. and then you drop down the other side, and you get on the uh, the Rhine River, and you go all the way up to you know up to the uh, the English Channel, go up you know into Germany, and branch off. So it's 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 kind of like a. Uh, a European version of the great circle route and something <laughs> that's on my bucket list. I would love to do it. It's about 2,500 mile run. It would take you all summer to do it, but it would be spectacular because the, you know, all of the original uh, castles and things that were built, you know, were along the river for the most part. So the scenery is incredible. And it's, a uh, you know, the opportunities to go cruise up there are unbelievable. And of course you too, you can just go south and go down into the Greek isles yeah. and around the corner into Italy and, do do the whole Mediterranean, mm-hmm. and then uh, actually um, we have kind of problems shipping out of Istanbul. That the the, the, uh, the uh, uh, general cargo ships that carry the boat, they don't call on Istanbul as much as some other areas. So if you if you can take your boat cruise it and get around to, to Italy or to Majorca or some of the other areas, there's much better shipping opportunities. So you can get your shipping rates down. So yeah, it'd be a perfect deal. A lot of people are doing it. They'll take delivery of the boat there. They'll, they'll they'll hang around the factory for a couple of weeks and shake the boat down, make sure everything's perfect. Then off they go and uh, can cruise around for a few months or however long they want. And when they're done, they put the boat on a ship and ship it back to, uh, to Fort Lauderdale or yeah. wherever else they want to go. That
0: sounds like a plan. I think I'd set a slow course for Sardinia and spend about three months hopping around. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I, I would love to, uh, we, we've done, Uh, Kind of promotional cruises in the past Mm -hmm. with our around the world trip and the, you know, the the North Atlantic rally. And I would love to uh, uh, put multiple uh, crews, probably people within the company with my partner and my brother, and basically take, you know, maybe split that whole Rhine Danube trip into into, uh, legs. Maybe, you know, maybe you do seven or 800 miles uh, and then you hand the boat over to the next person. I think that would be terrific. In fact, it's interesting because the, the very first um, first American yacht to go through that river system and go up over the Keel Canal, which is this lock system, mm-hmm. was a Nordhaven 46 called Salvation 2. And that, that was the first Nordhaven that went around the world. So they went through that uh, when the that Keel Canal or that section was officially opened, which would have been in about 92
0: or 93. Hmm. Wow. Interesting tidbit. Uh, and I'm in for the next trip, so you can pencil me in if you'd like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that's what we'd want you I mean, be trip and get some of the magazine people and yeah. you know to experience it. But it's uh you know, I know how popular the great loop is for people in the United States. This is something that mm-hmm. is equally sensational.
0: I bet it is. Um, now let me ask you about this. We've been seeing uh, a couple of years back. We saw a semi displacement North Haven, the 59 coastal pilot. Um, that boat, Definitely had its its um, accolades and its popularity. Uh, is there something that fits the bill for um, Nordhaven in the future? This the semi displacement. Oh yeah,
1: we're building. We have a new order on one. We're building one right now.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, We are.
1: It was a wonderful boat. In fact, I'm in the Bahamas now on this 41. But in 2019, we were down here on one of the uh, 59. Mm-hmm. A trip it had three staterooms. I had, you know, both my sons and grandkids, and it was, we had a whole block of people on that boat mm-hmm. and it was just great um so it's still going I, I it's such a beautiful steering boat and the way the boat handles and feels it's uh i'm surprised that we didn't get a steady stream of orders on that boat but we do have an order an official order right now and we have i think another order pending so i still have you know high hopes for that boat it's, it's a great boat
0: yeah, it just sort of it veers from the from the Nordhavn ethos in a way, but it veers in a good way because it offers. Oh well, no, it
1: does. I mean, we we did a semi displacement boat years ago, the Nordhavn thirty five. Mm-hmm. We could get up and plane, do 15, 18 knots. Okay. You know, fifteen knots probably. I think uh, it, it was a depart. It is a departure, uh, but we wanted to do a boat that um, it, it is a Category A boat, um, which the forty one is. I mean, all Nordhavns. Uh, not the 35, but all current Nordhavns have that that C category A rating, which is a, the highest level of certification you get for an ocean boat. And it's a it's a huge deal to get that rating. I mean, everything from. You know, the stability of the boat, both, you know, in a, in a departure condition when the boat's heavy and, and in an arrival condition when it's light and the vertical center of gravity goes way up. It, you know, it, it calls out the down flooding points. I mean, it's, it's a huge deal mm-hmm. uh, to get that level of certification. We have you know our guys you know, worked hard to get this boat, the 41, to to that level. But the 59 qualifies as a, with the a Category A status. So we wanted to build a semi-displacement boat with a a little bit more uh, seakeeping. You know, the boat has got big rudders on it, so it steers really well at low speed. It's um, uh, it's heavy boat. You you are limited in your range. I I wouldn't tackle anything more than, you know, a twelve or 1,500-mile run with the boat. It's not really suitable for going across the Atlantic. But in terms of a coastal cruising boat for, you know, North American cruising, um, down through the Panama Canal, the boat is a beautiful sea boat in rough conditions, and uh, I think it's got a bright future ahead of it. But it is a departure from our full displacement boats, I'll admit. And I think that we, uh, I don't think we will go down that road again. I mean, maybe if the fifty nine, if if orders increase and it, uh, it, it does uh, it does really really well, there could be something else. Uh, but our, our area of expertise and what we're known for are these full displacement boats, and quite happy to stay in our niche.
0: Got it. Speaking of, um, let's talk about Nordhaven owners for a minute. Uh, there are lots of, you know, things on social media and you see it everywhere. The owners are just they're They are very, very excited and very, very happy to celebrate, you know, Nordhavn and where they go with the boat now. And this culminated in a couple of years back with the Nordhaven Film Festival. Um, can you tell me a little bit about back? The second one is coming up, I believe it has
1: taken taken on a life of its own really yeah we are um we do have another film festival coming up in november and that was a tremendous success and you know you, you, the uh people at buy in they tend to be you know conservative and they uh you know they have uh, um they're very ambitious with their cruising plans and uh so consequently you know there are people that are have done well in life to be able to afford a brand new boat mm-hmm. and um, they go off and have these great adventures and they like to document they're real big on blogs and you know people take video and I'm, I'm saying take video I mean do it to a level that is just spectacular the cinematography I mean people put all of their talent you know, people put a bunch of effort into this stuff and they create these fabulous videos and uh, it, it really the the the, the action of our owners with their videos with their blogs with their you know socializing and so that that has really eclipsed any promotional effort that we can put forth i mean it it it's kind of taken on a life of its own we just had a a a huge rally up in uh, victoria british columbia totally put on by owners and uh it was a sellout deal we filled the whole marine i think there was an excess of 50 boats i was down here on this boat so i didn't get a chance to go up to it but it's uh we have a an owners group called the NOG Nortloh Owners Group, and there's some extremely talented technical people there. Uh, and th- you know, anybody that has a, an issue with their boat, they'll uh, reach out to the owners group, and there are, are people there that come up with answers. That you know, there's there's industry experts, and but I mean, this is a is a spectacular group of. I think there's probably. Uh, six or 700 members in it. You have to be a Nordhavn owner to be a member. It's, it's carefully moderated uh, by some pretty talented people. And it's just a, an incredible resource for, uh, for Nordhavn owners. And uh, so yeah, this the, the Nordhavn Film Festival. We started seeing what, what the kind of quality of videos that were being put up and we decided we wanted to encourage it. So we came up with the idea of the film festival and we did it. Uh, this will be the number two, the second uh uh, film festival, but, uh, I'm expecting some pretty spectacular stuff. These people just go all out to, to, you know, create these beautiful videos. And of course, once that video is done, it's on YouTube forever. Anybody goes and looks up Nordhaven will find it. And, uh, and of course we, we too in house, we're constantly working on, uh, interviews and videos of, you know, what our owners are doing and profiles of the people. And we have, uh, Doug Harlow is our, our, uh, kind of our webmaster and, Biographer, and uh we find that that's just a huge source of uh, a promotional source that we have is that website all the analytics tell us that you know how well it's doing and it's uh, a, a really good thing that we uh are really really been happy with
0: great great yeah crowdsourcing at its finest i'd say um so you know it's been nearly half a century with nordhaven What's next for Uh What do you? What technology are you looking at that you're most excited about? Perhaps incorporating into some future models.
1: One thing that we are doing is that we're, we have no interest in you know ever selling the company. Dan and I, um, we have uh, we've got people that have been there for thirty years. We've got younger people in their forties and early fifties. That are kind of rising up and and taking on the role of managing the company and our hope is that the company will go on you know long after you know we're out of it. Both my sons are heavily involved in the company and Dan's daughter and son-in-law are involved. Uh, my brother Jeff, his both his sons work for the company. So mm-hmm. um, we hope Nordhaven. You know, it, it, it'll make it 50 years, but I, I'd like to see it go to a you know. 100 years and really make it one of the longest lasting boat building companies ever. I think the thing that, that that we're doing more and more of is um, really fine engineering and really good design. We have a, a, a staff of engineers, an electrical engineer, two uh, naval architects, and of course my brother Jeff. We have a uh, Phil Arnold, who is uh, uh, an engineer, naval architect, and uh, if if you could just see the amount of scrutiny and the the debate and the uh, the the discussion and, and care that goes into like developing the scantlings, pole thickness, and stringers, mm-hmm. all this stuff has to comply with these ISO standards that make up the uh, you know that that are used in the category A, but it's it's so radically involved as compared to what it was 30 years ago. you know in the very early days you kind of just it where you thought it was thick enough and there were certain <laughs> guidelines but it's nothing like today. I mean everything is nothing is left a chance. Um, everything has got to be tested, got to be certified. So I I really like the idea that we're doing all this in house. We are we we are doing the computational fluid dynamics in house, so we can test everything. Uh, We can test the effect of bulbous bows and you know the fin systems, propeller efficiency. Um, So I think that's uh, that's really important for us going forward. In terms of new technology, we we kind of went down the path of diesel electric about. 15 years ago, and it was a kind of a disaster. Um, I don't see that anything, uh, you know, there. But certainly, um, I'm, I'm certain that the lithium-ion batteries are going to do to wet cell batteries what the, uh, you know, LED lights did to incandescent lights. So mm. we're, we're carefully moving in that direction, mindful of, you know, the concerns that some people have over fire but we're very carefully engineering the systems and I'll bet you within five years all of our boats will be uh, you know will be lithium ion
2: yeah um,
1: um, other than that I, I don't know I mean there's a, the, the constant challenge of propulsion engines and you know what they're going to require next and the emission issues and uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to see where we'll be there in 15 years um, but basically we just want to uh, build the, the best boat that's do the you know the best engineering make the boat as technically perfect as as we possibly can you know that's 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 the goal i mean we've been using for instance you know we we started using fiberglass tanks in in the early 90s and uh uh, you know i mean you buy a nordhaven with fiberglass tanks in and those tanks are going to last the lifetime of the boat you never have to worry about you know uh corrosion or you know typical metal tank problems and uh you know, just, just, just continue to build really, really good boats.
0: On that, Jim, I want to thank you for your time today. I know you're uh, cruising in the Abacos and you probably got better things to do than talk to me, but we really appreciate it. And um, here's to the next 50 years in Nordhaven.
1: <laughs> Thanks uh, for uh, the opportunity, Jeff. I really appreciate it.
0: Sure thing, Jim. Sure thing. Thank you for listening to Trawler Talk, the podcast of Passage Maker Magazine, the Long Range Cruising Authority. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor and go ahead and click that five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. And if you're not a subscriber to Passage Maker, it's easier than ever to get our magazine delivered to wherever you lay your head. Just go to PassageMaker.com slash subscribe. This episode of Trawler Talk features post-production from Nate Gruca at Active Interest Media. For Passage Maker Magazine, this is Editor-in-Chief Jeff Moser. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, fair winds and safe travels.